Today we're going to, the question we want to ask and answer is, are we together? Are we together? And what it's really all about is really getting our families into the place where there's unity. Unity, togetherness. Um, everybody doesn't have to be right, but in order to win, we got to be together. And togetherness is where the work comes in. When you're, when, when you're building a family, you're putting it all together, getting every, because everyone is born a free moral agent. Yes. They have their own thoughts. They have their own will. They have their own way they look at life. Right. So getting people to agree is, is, uh, is where the work is. And, and that's why, I mean, it, it may seem like I'm going off a little bit, but that's why we have to be particular about what type of jobs we take. We have to be particular about how long we're away from the house. We have to be particular about if we're answering the text messages, even from our children. We, we have to, what I'm saying is we have to save energy for this one thing. And we need to think about this before we get married. Mm -hmm. The truth of the matter is, and write this down, married people are more unhappy than single people. Can be? No, it's a fact. <laughs> Say it again. All studies show that married, married people, people are more unhappy yes, than single people. Than unmarried people. I'll say unmarried, unmarried than people. Than unmarried people. Mm. They are. Because if Linnell and I are mad, if Linnell and I are upset, I can't go have ice cream with a friend. Mm. I can't go golfing with who are you with I, I, I just went golfing with Bob y'all talk about me no babe we didn't know but if I'm single unmarried I can go have golf with Bob I can even go have ice cream with the friend that's female it's a true friend I can't do that if we're upset in our house that doesn't make sense yeah. I'm unhappy with her and our money is in the same account. <laughs> so now it becomes an issue. So more people who are unhappy in marriage, unhappy in life, are the people who are married, not the ones who are single. When, if you're unmarried, you can sort of do what you like. So because we're asking the question, are we together, we have some questions for you. First, let's read this scripture. Y'all ready? Get your notebook out. Matthew 12, 25 says, when Jesus was talking to the people and the disciples, he began to, he knew their thoughts. And he said to them, they're talking about Satan. You know, you're casting out devils in the name of Satan. Jesus used these words. He says, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Yes. But it, he doesn't just stop at kingdom. He says every city or house divided against itself will not stand. What do you hear in that? What do you hear in that? Any house, any marriage, any family, any, any, any familiar construct, when it gets divided, it begins to work against itself. It's no longer neutral. Mm -hmm. 
It becomes toxic. It eats away from the inside, not the outside. So this whole thing of being together is everything. Everything. You know, uh, think back even in Genesis with Adam and Eve. It was when they were apart that everything fell apart. So when you are in disagreement and you say, I'm just going to put a little time, a little space, in that gap is where most of us got in trouble. And most of us haven't recovered from things uh, throughout our entire relationships, even with uh, mothers and daughters and, and, and just children. But specifically, when a man and a woman put time and space too long, yeah. Eve stayed away from Adam too long. And my question is, why wasn't Adam looking for her quicker? When she want to hide, though, you can't find oh, her. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yes, that's so true. She can be hiding intentionally, right, right in your arms. She can mm. be hiding from you. You better say that. Yeah. You better say that. Yeah, you're just looking for her. Just because she's not crying, it does not mean that yeah. she's not sad. Hello? So here's the first question that you should ask yourself. Ask yourself this question in your family. How is your family governed? Hmm. Governed? What are you talking about? How is your family set up? What's the division of labor? Who leads the family? Who makes the decisions? Do we have discussions? What do those discussions look like? Who is in charge? In other words, this, let me read you the scripture so you know what I'm getting at. Joshua said these words in Joshua 24, 15. He said, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods uh, which your father served that are on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you, li you dwell in right now. But he says these words. Read it with me. But as, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Who in your family has been given the right to speak for your family? Without everybody barking back at them. Without disagreement in public. Who's been given the right responsibility and permission to speak for your family in big situations? When that person speaks in your family, what needs to have happened before? And there are different constructs of how to do that. In our family, we have family meetings. And we started our family meetings when our son was two. And we started listening to our daughter when she was two. That was funny. <laughs> so that when I spoke for our family sometimes, and sometimes Linnell spoke for our family. Our, our family construct is this. Whoever can do the best job representing us, that's who does it. I'm the man, but I can't count. So when it comes to accounting, she speaks for us. 
And even if I disagree when she speaks for us, we handle that in the back room as best we can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How was your family set up? I would say never use another family's measuring stick for your family's progress. So even as we sit up here, unlike a lot of people that use the pulpit, the platform to say we're the model, we are not the model. Mm-mm. We are our model. And what God will do in your house may be totally a different uh, template than what he's doing in the Williamses. But the point of it is we all have a common denominator and that it should be based on the word of God, right? how we function, how we go in and out from among each other. We have to have something that's higher than the human spirit. That's good. So there won't be any wars like you talking about you the man, you the man, but I'm the woman. And I can find scripture that says we are equal. But what we have learned in our house is that we have different functions, things that I do a whole lot better than the things that he does. So it's the function that makes us, you know, different. But we are equal in our male and female position. Yeah. So, so uh, this is, I said about counting because we had this situation years ago. Don't look around. They're not here. <laughs> so the husband and wife, they had been fighting for 10 years, 10 years, and they were in our church. And it's like, you know, I'm not a counselor. So we sent them to counseling, did not work. And, and when they came back to us, I'm like, okay, I'll have one meeting with them. So in the meeting, I just asked them, I said, what is the problem? Well, she did it and he does this. And I said, finally, I looked at her and I said, what is the real issue? She said, Pastor Martin, my husband believes he's the man up here. <laughs> and I said, what's wrong with him being the man? She said... He says he's the man, so he controls everything. Mm-hmm. She said, the only problem is that he controls the checkbook, <laughs> and we keep bouncing checks. Uh-huh. We're bouncing checks. I'm chasing these checks down. I'm doing all this. And I said, what is that? He said, I'm the man. I, I control the money. I make sure the money. <laughs> and then I said, sweetheart, tell him the truth. She said, pastor, he can't count. He can't count. Can't add or subtract. That's not what he does. So I said, sir, do you trust me? And do you really want to go to bed tonight? And would you like to go to bed tonight with oatmeal? Or do you want some raisins and honey on your oatmeal tonight? (laughs) Y'all don't know what raisins and oatmeal is. (laughs) He said, pastor, I'll do anything. I said, give me the checkbook. He gave me the checkbook. I gave it to her. And I said, you don't mess with no more money. She started crying. She's like, I feel like our marriage is free now. And he asked her, why are you crying? She said, because I finally get to do what I do. She said, Pastor Martin, I'm an accountant. I felt like taking my belt off and Mississippi whipping him. In your family, is there a vote or is there a voice? Hmm. Now, we didn't court. 
So we didn't get a chance to figure, figure out the best gifts in one another, right? You're wondering where I'm going. But in the beginning, I said to her, I want a family. I want to lead that family, but I want a queen to lead it with. And I said to her, I'm looking for a woman I can submit to. Because I won't have a lot of time to make mistakes and recover. Did I say that? Yes. And what did you say? I'm that woman. She said, I'm that woman. If you're willing to teach me. That's what you said. Right. Mm -hmm. She said, I'm that, that woman. That's, that's a good point. What's the point? You being able as the potential husband material to teach. Yes. Too many of us as women, we are hooking up too quickly with men that can't teach and provide an atmosphere of learning. You know, I, I didn't want to marry a man, leave my father's house and be stifled, be stuck and not knowing if I would ever get unstuck. So yes, I wanted, to, I wanted to know if you could teach me what I didn't know and that you wanted to come out of me. That's a good point. It's a, I, was just, I was just waiting till you finish. So that's the number one question. How is your family governed? How many of you, let's do it right now in front of everybody. It'll put pressure on you when you go home. <laughs> How many of you have a government system for your family now? Raise your hand. You have one now. An operating system. Yeah. Okay. So now for the rest of you who don't have one, do not lay your rusty head on the pillow till you get one tonight. When, before you go to bed tonight, are you hear me what I'm saying? Before you go to bed tonight, wrestle with who's the leader in this house. How do we make decisions? Mm -hmm. Are these discussions, what do they look like? Who has a voice? And in these situations, who is going to speak for us? Listen, let me tell you something, family. My sister was a colonel in the army, brilliant mind. And in war college, she taught me something when I went to join her in Korea. She said, I just got out of war college. I said, what is war college? She said, it's an amazing place to learn strategy. Yeah. And she said, I want to talk to you about ambush. When you're in a situation and you're ambushed, you need to know who's leading. Because it only takes a, just a couple of minutes for everybody to be dead. You can't listen to everybody when you're in ambush. It's noisy. It's confusing. It's confusing. It's very stressful. And it only takes just a couple of minutes and your entire company, brigade, whatever it is, is dead. So we can't, your family's getting ready to be ambushed. Say it. My family's getting ready to be ambushed. There's, all, there's always going to be something happening in your family that's going to be quick, sudden. You will not have expected it. And you're going to be sitting there and you, your wife, your kids, your kids, your, your money, everything is going to be a sitting duck. And we can't be saying, Linnell can't be saying, let's go here. And I'm saying, let's go there. No, saying, I'm the leader. I'm the leader. I'm the leader. Right. No. You got to have a person that's in charge of going. And I said, well, what does this person do? She said, simply put, 
in an ambush, presume you are surrounded. If you're being, if your family is ambushed, presume you're surrounded. If something set you up, whether it's the devil or men or your husband or wife, if something has set your family up, you are surrounded by enemies. So it doesn't matter which direction you go. She said, pick a direction and everybody go in that direction as quick as you can. So when your family's being ambushed, everybody in the family's got to look to one person and say, where are we going? And that person doesn't necessarily have to know where we're going. She's talking to her husband back there. She says, see, see sonny, honey, that's what I was trying to tell you the other day. <laughs> he or she may not know where to go, but they just have to move. It's time to move. Tell your family, it's time to move. It's time to move. We can't keep sitting here with our wife and kids. We, we can't sit in a situation that eventually is going to take us all out. Somebody has to say, sweetheart, we got to go. We're going this direction. Get the kids. Put them on my shoulders. We're getting out <laughs> of here. Will someone be taken out on the way out? Perhaps. But at least that way some of us survive. Yeah. Who is that person in your family before you go to bed? Yeah. Who is that? Make the time to stop everything, to get the house in order, get yes. the proper leadership. And this is really uh, uh, where we're going to talk a little later where a lot of stuff has got to be covered. You just can't pop up. I'm the man. I'm the woman. You've got to really talk about and and really build that person up. And that person that is going to be the leader, you need to make sure that you're whole, that you are complete, and that there is somebody you can actually talk to yourself. But uh, just because, I, I'll say this, and you keep talking about the man, and, I, and we know that households are made up differently, but if he's made 50 mistakes, have you looked at your own record? Let the man off the hook. Don't, you know, just try doing something different. Can you decide not to be mad this month? We can't be mad every day. Help him. Oh, my God, every day. Maybe what you want is in you building him up, being a place of comfort, being a safe haven for him. They, you know, they're not asking us for much. The man is getting up every day, leaving the house, going to work. And I hear you, girl, me too. But do you want a husband or not? Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just there. I was about to tear up my own happy house. And the Lord spoke to me and said, look at him. He's not the enemy here. You're being ambushed and you're being a part of it. You're tearing up your own nest. Do you really want to be down there on the, so, uh, the, the social service line with uh, these children by yourself? Let us pull it together. You can win with the man you with. If you stop being so darn stubborn. Darn stubborn. Yes. Help him, Christina. Build him to be whatever you want to see in your mind. 
And likewise, they'll do the same for us. The next point's yours. The next point is mine. That point is inside the family, the household, we need to learn how to be good family members. We're stopping this thing. We talked last week about the ark with Noah and all these things. When you really think about it, family is everything. But you got to understand who you are inside the family. Just because you put on the britches, you got to learn what it means to be a man. What does it mean to be a husband, a father? Likewise, you wear the dress. But do you know what a woman is? Or are you so confused by all the things you're listening to, all the things you're gazing upon, Facebook and all these things, and you're just sort of discombobulated? But you have to learn what is a, a son, what is a daughter, what is the relationship with that mother to the daughter. There is a, there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, and I think this really uh, summarizes everything about the human spirit. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not boast. It is not proud. Wow. That just described the American family right there. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps what? No record of wrongs? No file cabinet? Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. I would be some kind of woman if I could just live up to that one little verse. My friends would like me better. My girlfriends would enjoy going to the mall with me better. If I could know that love is patient, love is kind. Is there a place in your life just to be kind? You know, you know me. Why are you nice to everybody, every Tom, Dick, and Harry, Sally, Jan, and Beyonce, but you can't be nice to the people in the house? You come up in here laughing, grinning at us, and you haven't even talked to your husband for the last three days. God forbid. Love is kind. Love is patient. We have to actually practice this. When you see a family member in distress, are your arms available? No matter who's in the house, single moms, can you do more than discipline? Can you nurture? Can you pull that son next to you? He needs to be coddled as well. He needs to be stroked too. You know what I'm saying? Every child needs their time and space in your life. So that's how we learn how to be family members. There's another scripture that says about the unity piece. It's in in Psalms 133 and 1. It says, read it with me. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for who? Brethren to dwell together. How? In unity. You are my brother. You are part of that. Me dwelling with you, Martin. Dwelling means daily walking with people, learning how to be better people towards each other, no matter who you are, male or female. It takes work. 
And it takes a, a, a desire and an attitude to want to work it. I remember being in, in, out there in the hospital administration, and, and man, those people would make me mad, but they never knew it. I never reacted. I, I just sucked it up. You know what I'm saying? And most of the time, I unloaded at home. Hallelujah. And that wasn't right. And I'm asking and challenging you, don't do that any longer. So how do you be a good family member? You have to first, number one, decide and make family your highest commitment. I don't do for other people outside this house what I haven't done for you or will do for you. The Bible talks about being long-suffering. Be nice. I had to learn that one because I'm a firstborn. I'm driven. You know, I, I can smell an ambush, and I can start saying, you do this, you do this, 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 you know what? But it wasn't kind. It wasn't sweet. And, you know, those kinds of things. So you have to make sure that you have your highest commitment is for the family. You have to use these two A words. Write them down. Appreciate and apologize. Appreciate and apologize. You got to have the, them in, in order. You, and then when you do that, you also, there's another A word, affirmations. Say some nice things to the people in your house. You know, thank you, Martin. Thank you, Bay. Just, you know, just simple things. Not Christmas. You know, not your birthday, not your anniversary. Just be nice to people. You don't even have to speak it in the Holy Ghost, the foreign language, to be nice. Just practice being kind. What has happened to us? Look at people and just say, good morning. How are you? Hello. Hi, Conda. Those kinds of things. Use apologies, appreciation, affirmation. And those things will give us emotional bonding. We need that. I don't care how long you've been married. We need it. Mothers and daughters, pull your daughters close every now and then and just affirm them. People in strong families deeply care for one another. And they let each other know this on a regular basis, not just special occasions. You, another one is you listen actively to each other. This makes good family members. Encourage all family members to share their thoughts and their feelings. Amen. Chris, what's going on? We haven't talked. Let's sit right here on the couch. We didn't got to go to Starbucks for eight bucks a coffee. It's 10 bucks now. 10 bucks? Yeah. Make space and time for those people in your family. Be aware of the season a family member is in. You should know that someone is going through, so don't you be, you know, talking hard to them during tender times when they're not feeling well. That's not a time to be loud. Offer them a blanket. Offer them a pillow. Go over and above and learn how to be flexible. Amen? Learn how to be flexible. And all of these things, it's you have to do it. And I just believe what the Bible says, if you sow it, you're going to also reap it. Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. So I had to realize whatever I was uh, giving 
is what I was going to get back. If I was being mean and, and short and you know how we can do, Martin, how I can look at you and cut you down to your knees and never say a word. Uh-huh. Let's not do that anymore. It's, it's hurtful. And no one can hurt a man like the woman that he truly loves. That brought chills over my body. I know how to hurt him. Why would I choose to do so? You know that look brings out the worst in him. And it goes vice versa. The Bible says a kind word turns away crazy stuff. <laughs> right. But you know, I would want to say, Martin, I, I, I would want to say I'm sorry, but I would just get choked up. Seem like it wouldn't. Oh, ooh, I, I'm sorry we get I, stuck right here. Yeah, I want to say it, but I, I, I had justified. Say, everybody say justified <laughs> that you deserve me being mean. So in those times, what should I do? Come out in Jesus' name. What should I do? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Th that was more about me recognizing oh, okay. that I had the power to be nice and to be kind and to say, I'm sorry. And not like this, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, in the first years of our marriage, that was sort of what was going on. I didn't really understand it. I didn't really grew up in a house where their parents, so I didn't really understand it. Yeah. So I prayed and God said, well, uh, what you want to be able to do is you want to be a whole man yourself. Mm. So even if you would say something that your intention was to break me down, I simply had to say, Martin, uh, you know, be whole. Don't react. Don't, don't do that. So I would simply say to you, you know what, Linnell? I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I don't care what you say, what you do. Why don't I hear the organ music behind me? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. No matter what you're doing, no matter how you feel, I'm, I'm going to be here. You, you feel how that feels? Yeah. How does that feel? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. It's healing in that. You were drawing me in. The Bible talks about you able to draw uh, from the deep places out of a man or a woman. You got to know how to talk to people. And, and let me say this, in the family is where we learn how to talk to everyone. That's our practice. That's our practice. Uh, what are y'all doing sports? What do y'all do out there? You, you practice? Practice, yeah. You know, practice scrimmage. I yeah, mean, that's scrimmage. Yeah. You learn how to be nice to people by being nice to your sister and your brother, by preferring them, saying, you know, you can have this. I don't need this. Go ahead and take this. I did this for you. It's okay. That's where you practice being a good human being. So when you get to the schoolhouse in the classroom, the first time you hear sharing is not from a teacher. That's a part of the training of the family. Fathers, train your children. Train your sons how to be respectful. Mothers, train your daughters. That's your job. If you never get another promotion, we've got to catch up. They're big girls and big boys now, but they still don't know. Take the time to talk to them. And then you've got to apologize. I should have been talking to you long before now. You're taller than me. Mm. 
but allow me, please give me another chance to be a better mom. You were better at sensing, you said something a moment ago, you were better at sensing ambushes than I was, and you still are. You have a discerning spirit. I really don't. I just sort of go for it, you know? But you say, Martin, something's getting ready to happen. I'm like, really? It is? And I, and I figured out the more I followed you in that, the safer our family was. And so the, it's really easy for people to, to teach how marriage, family, singleness, whatever your construct is, it's easy for them to teach from a scripture. You know, that's like one verse. Yeah. But you really got to take, you really have to take um, the whole concept in the verse. So I heard all my life, uh, wives submit yourself to your own husband. Wives submit yourself to your own husband. Mm -hmm. But then I really learned I had to read the Bible for myself. And when I read it, that was a text in the middle of the context. Yes. So that verse is, wives, submit yourselves to your, to your own husbands. But at the top of it and at the bottom of it, it says these words, same scripture, twice. It says, submit. submitting yourselves to one another. So the right thing for us to do is to submit to one another. Mm. If, if I was going to live a life alone, I wouldn't have gotten married. And I, I didn't want to marry a dumb woman. Mm. I wanted somebody smart and powerful and opinionated. And accommodating. Y yes. And supportive. Yes. And understanding. Y yes. So even though she's smart, you've got to yeah. be that too. All of those be things. All of it. Because sometimes your smartness can be what's tearing the house up. You understand? So you've got to have a combination of all of it. It's a recipe that he and I have to work on. We have to work on that still after yeah. 33 years. That's, that's our daily work. Mm -hmm. We have to keep... Number three, third question. No, babe, let's stay here for a minute. <laughs> okay. Right. You got to do this. We're not, we're, 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 we're not passing on this yet. Some of us are failing on this. And all of this stuff, I can hear Kevin Thomas and Denise saying, everything is fixable. The reason we abuse each other on these things is because we don't know. Mm. We don't have understanding. You would have walked out on her if it hadn't been for this church. Telling you, you can't quit because we're not quitting. Every day we are working and chiseling and, and, and reassembling things in our lives because People are counting on you. Somebody is looking at you, how you're behaving. And if she was mean while you were dating her, JoJo. I'm telling you right now, when you come to this altar, what? nothing happens at this altar except a covenant. Whoever you brought to this altar. With that white dress on? That suit or the white suit. That person doesn't change at this altar. You taking that person Jesus. home with you, that same person. <laughs> so don't overlook the parade. There's a big parade going in front of your eye. Bum, ba, da, da, boop, big pookie playing the bass drum. The mm. Everything is telling you flags are waving. Not him. <laughs> Not him. But he's so cute. Not him. 
this boy that you dated last night before your wedding made you pay for your own meal, he's going to be the same guy once you get married to him. That mortgage if is going to be yours. Yes. They're going to be trying to divvy up. This is your part and that part. But do you know if that mortgage is not paid, both of y'all going to be out on the street? That bill's got to be met. If he cussed you out last week. Come on, preacher. He going to beat you when you get married. Yay, God. Mm. Nothing changes at the altar. And while you are we got unmarried, three more points. you tell on that person. Don't you be going to bed, going back to the apartment, uh, sad and crying all night long. Tell your mama, tell your girlfriend, he was so mean. I couldn't believe how he treated me in the restaurant. I went to the mall, and he did not even open the door. Every time we went through a store, he went in first. You better pay attention to those flags. You will not be able to change him overnight. He is and, who he is. And all of this is for February. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Family. Yeah. But whoever he is in February, these are the people that are making families. Chaotic families. Unwhole, uncomplete, half-baked people then hooking up with another unhalf-baked. We got whacked out families. From generation to generation. So we are stopping the madness. You're going to have to turn to each other and look at each other. All day long. Uh-huh. Yes. As long as it takes mm -hmm. and begin to talk. And then just sit there when you don't have nothing else to say and wait on it. Are you talking to me? Yeah. I'm going to have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is what I don't understand. Oh, no. no. What? What? When you're talking to anyone else. Me? Oh, hold on now. Anyone else, your words come so fluidly. They're so, you know exactly what you want. You can think clearly. You can articulate. As soon as I ask you, what is it you really want? That's what happens. <laughs> and, so, and, and so for the next hours, days, weeks, I'm trying to figure out why is she upset with me? What, what's, what happened? Where, I just where asked, are you going with this? I just asked a question. You brought it up. <laughs> you didn't want to move on to number three. So, so I'm like, did, what, what's that stuck in her throat? Why can't she talk to me the way she just talks to her friends or to her mom or to her dad or to her kids? Have I not created the right culture and climate for you to talk? Have I not? Now, everybody it, it's wants hard. to know. It's hard sometimes, babe. I'm telling you. It's like when I, the way that I love you, you're different. You're not like everyone else. And so I find it a challenge at times um, to convey what we're going to talk about in my next point, disappointments. Okay. So we can go to three? and desires. No. Yeah, let's go to three then. Go to three. Go ahead. Okay. Third question. We will get back to that, right? I'm sure, whether now or at lunch or later. <laughs> okay. Number three, how much time do you spend together? No, literally. Take 60 seconds. Look back over the last seven days. How much time did you spend with your family? How much time how much have time? you spent with How them? many hours? 
How much time did you spend with your family? How much time? Time. T-I-M-E. Time. Yeah, my phone told me you were down an hour and a half on your social media. You need to come back to me and look at me. My phone told me how much time I spent on it. <laughs> One man is sweating over there. How much time did you spend with them? Sons, how much time have you made to spend with your mother or your father? Time. Daughters. How much time? And, and I mean time, time, time period. Time Real time. Time driving, time talking, time at dinner, time mowing, time doing the laundry, time, any time. How much time have you spent with your family? Time builds togetherness. Time. What are we doing together? Sometimes you got to take one car. Hmm. Sometimes they don't want to eat with you. They want to eat in their room with their headphones on. They want to go out with a friend and eat. There needs to be a time in your No, um, I shouldn't say that. You figure it out. But find time together during the week where everybody's together. Find that time and demand it. Well, Dad, I'm, I'm 28 now. I have a wife. We're eventually going to have kids, right? I'm like, what are we talking about? I mean, I don't know what we're doing. Hmm. Well, I may not, have may not have time to spend time with you on Sunday. I'm like, what are we talking about? What, what, what's happening here? I just told you, Dad, I'm not sure how this is all going to work out once I'm married. I said, I just told you how it's going to work out. We eat together on Sunday. The way it's been working out for yeah. 28 years. Yeah, we eat on Sunday. Yeah. If you're in town, you and your wife are either eating with me or you're eating with her people. That's what happens on Sunday. Well, I'm 28. What's it got to do? Your brain ain't cooked till it's 60. So until then, you go, you eat with your family. And you turn off everything. You turn off the television. You turn off the football. You turn it off and you eat with them. Now, the only way you can change this, son, is if you pick another time. If, if you want to pick another time, you're with your wife and your children, you can do that. But you can't just not pick a time. Mm. Because it's the time. Here, here's what I want to ask you. Time, time teaches you how your children view the world. How, do your, how does your wife view the world? How do your children view the world? What's important to them? I know this woman thinks, have you done your part? I know it. I didn't have to go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist. It comes up in every family conversation. I know my daughter will look at me weird if she doesn't think I'm managing my life properly. She's asking, are you managing your life? Are you making this a family problem? I'm just telling you, I know my son, his only, the way he views life. Do, do, you, care? do you care about me? You can beat me, you can whip me, you can chastise me, but just show me you care for me first. But that came from time, vacations together, trips together, sitting in the house. I will sleep outside. I will sleep outside of his bedroom door if things are going wrong. And when he goes to school, he comes back and there's no door there. It is in the garage. <laughs> that is just what's going to happen in my house. We are going to be together. I don't care if we're together mad. We can be pissed off at one another. I don't 
care. The question is, are, are we, we together? Period. That's my view of life. If we're together, we can survive anything. anything. But you don't know them if you're not with them. Mm. That kid in your house that thinks girls are yuck, that boy in your house, that girl in your house that thinks boys are nasty, that girl who thinks boys and your son thinks girls are nasty, you got to be with them. You can't be like she walking around with stuff on her lips and her dress got kind of tight. Hmm, I wonder what that is. It's a boy. <laughs> you, and you got to be in their lives. life. You can't let a girlfriend in the dorm make better cookies for your son than you do at home. Babe, and two. Go on. I won't forget. You just forgot. No, I didn't forget. Go on. No, go ahead. You do it. No, go ahead. Can can the people in your house... (laughs) Can the people in your house... Yeah. Because yeah. you're right, I would have forgotten. <laughs> Can the people in your house argue with you? Can your children learn how to debate in the house? Can your children say, I don't agree with that, Dad, in your house? Can your, can, can your, can your daughter say to Mom, Mom, I like what I'm wearing, even if she's wrong? Can she do that in your house? If they can't learn how to negotiate Negotiate. in your house, once they leave your house, they're going to let anybody do anything with them. They won't have a voice. That's why teachers would call me, (laughs) say, can you come to the school? I said, you're absolutely right. I love teachers and I love my kids. You call (laughs) me, I'm coming to the school to help my teacher. We're on the same team. I'm going to help my teacher help me with my kids. (laughs) Well, your child keeps having a discussion with me, the teacher said. I said, how is the child doing it? I said, is it public? No, never says it out loud in front of anybody. I said, is it direct? Yes. Do they look you in the face? Yes. Do they ever raise their voice? Uh, no. I said, so tell me what you want me to do. I just want them to do what I say. Okay, did they do what you said? Yes. So what's the real issue? I'm just not used to a student. Asking why. <laughs> Asking questions, challenging, mm-hmm. I said, I know, that's, that's us. That's not you. <laughs> we'll take care of that with our child. Now, we'll tell them how to deal with you in this classroom so you feel respected, right? But when the child comes home, that's what they're being taught. Mm. Yes. Argue with me yes. right. without raising your voice. Right. Can you use your brain? Why do you feel this way? Where's this coming from? One of our children came home and said to their mother, I don't eat tomatoes anymore. You can take that off my hamburger. (laughs) So I'm watching this. (laughs) Oh, you don't eat tomatoes anymore. We just had spaghetti yesterday. We, We had tacos. We had diced tomatoes on top of it. We had that this weekend. Shoot, we even ate at our favorite uh, Mexican restaurant, and that was the, uh, not just the salsa, but the, Yes, pico de gallo on top of it. You ate it. What's happening? Oh, I just don't eat it anymore. So finally, I sit back and I say, everybody put your forks down because we need to ask this child a question. And the question is, which one of the friends you're impressed with does not eat tomatoes? 
you met a new friend at school. And they don't eat tomatoes. Who's this friend? Tell me about this friend. Well, this person doesn't. Oh, <laughs> so now you're trying to bring this person up to my house. And you disrespect your mother and tell your mother you don't eat tomatoes. You ain't never been to this person's house. You don't know what kind of family they got. You don't know how it's all put together, but you're going to bring that in this house. You better eat them tomatoes or you and me, this is going to be an issue with ramifications. <laughs> you have to be with them. To know them. To catch these little bitty innuendos. These little bitty changes and adjustments. I know we're getting stuck here. But he, even sometimes how they talk. Where does their, that their come language. from? Where, where does that word come from? Yeah, where, where, is it, where is this coming from? My son came home one day, he was four, and he was saying, chicks. chicks. From church. Chicks. And he wouldn't stop. <laughs> chicks. chicks. <laughs> I'm like, what? what are you, who did it? And he, one of our pastors at the time in our youth church was teaching him that in the hallway. Chicks. chicks. <laughs> so I'm like, what does chicks mean to you? He said, I don't know. <laughs> we were glad he didn't know. So I said, we have to stop using that word and yeah. snapping our fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want you to get the impression that your mother, your sister, your grandmother, your 12 aunts, and your 20 female cousins can be summoned by you snapping your finger. <laughs> Can I please say this about time? Four. About time. Okay. Before we move on. Just because you're in the house, that does not count as time. In the garage, outside. This has got to be intentional. You've got to let the you come out of you and share that with the people you love. Do you know our lives are just a sum total of time? And we have to give an account for what we do with our time? Is being away from the house those next four hours really more important than done? sitting with Lisa and those daughters of yours, that son, just to hear their voices? When have you sat down to just hear the people's voices in your house? You are in the house. David, but that doesn't yeah. really mean you're in the house. Right. David did that in the, in the Bible. You read about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth uh, was the last descendant of, of Saul, Jonathan's son, who got cripple running away. And David said, go get him and bring him around my table. People don't understand what that table was. It was a large family table yes. with skirts around it. So all of his children sat at this huge table and around the wall were servants. So when you come and eat with your family, all around that table are servants. Hmm. So David is like, you're having a legal battle. Uh, we have a lawyer to take care of that. You're having a problem with your child. We have a specialist over here. We have, everything is around your table, but if you never bring everybody to the table, I say table, but if you don't bring people together for family meetings, if you don't bring everybody in and let them be honest about what's happening to them, you, you've got to allow people in your family to even be able to say, I'm just depressed. Mm. 
I am just telling you I'm struggling. And you can't hit them with it. Jesus, people don't get depressed. Snap out of it. No. You, 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 you got to say. <laughs> uh, just don't flip them off. Boy, get out of here. Right. You, 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 you don't do that kind of stuff. We, we, yeah. we can't. All around your house is all the help you need angelically for everyone's issue. And that's how you teach your children to depend on God. You let them say in front of the family, I just really goofed. Mm-hmm. I, I really did. I did not mean for that to happen. I'm sorry I put the family in danger. Son, daughter, that's okay. Uh, we, we have people we can work through this. We just appreciate you bringing it here. Yeah. I don't, you don't want them asking questions of TikTok. Because TikTok will answer their question. Mm. And for the next few weeks, TikTok and Instagram will keep talking to them. Yeah. TikTok will wake you up. Hey, you got a notification. We've been trying to talk to you. <laughs> We've been trying to talk to you for days. So they need to be able to come to the family and tell them, and the family needs to be able to keep secrets. Yes. Everybody does not need to know what your family's struggling with. It is none of their business. business. It's called covering the family. Absolutely. And we're not talking about this illegal stuff. Even in that, there's a time and a place where you share outside of the house because some things are mandatory to be reported. Yeah. We're not talking about covering in that way. You, you be honest with your parents and with your lawyer. <laughs> That's it. Be honest. Be open. Son, if you get in trouble, call me first. Yeah. And can I put a one plug in, please? we got to get to this form. Grandparents are so valuable. Talk to them. I don't care where they are, who they are. Find them and share you with them. Give them a chance. God set them in the family unit for a reason. Do you know why you have a grandparent? Because they are, the, they are there to cover you, to lead and direct you. Your mother and your father came from them. My God, surely she knows her own daughter. And grandparents can help us get through some very tough times. And they smell so good. Oh, how I wish I could smell my Nana again. Sometimes the smell was all I needed. I found such comfort and such peace just being with her, just looking at her hands. So young people, if you still have your grandparents, appreciate them and spend time with them. They are people too. And you're going to be there too one day. Don't think you're going to be under 30 all the rest of your life. Four. Oh, got a little carried away. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of notes under there, baby doll. So. <laughs> let, me just, let me go as fast as I can. The next point we want to chat with you is how to communicate desires and disappointments. In James 1.19, it says, Be quick to 
to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Can't get any simpler than that. I, I would just say in America, in the Western world, we talk too much. You don't have to say everything in your head. And especially when we are angry. You know, we have a rule in our house. It's not now. Give me some time. Instead of, instead of vomiting and puking all over a person. Because you're mad and you feel like you're getting a relief. But you just hurt somebody very deeply because words hurt and not only that unlike the sticks and the stone that you may not see they are scars emotional scar tissue words scar so deeply sometimes until it's almost unbearable because it keeps playing in your head so be careful. Another scripture in Proverbs, y'all need to read Proverbs in order to be better human beings on the earth. Read Proverbs, all of them. All of these scriptures are going to come from Proverbs. Proverbs 18 and 2, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing their own opinion. We are an opinionated nation. Oh yeah, you're going to hear what I got to say. And if you don't want to hear my voice, I'm going to put it in a text. And if you don't want to see the text, I'll put it on a wider platform. I'll put it in Facebook. And who knows where it goes from there. Hey, Proverbs 12, 18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords. But the tongue of the wise brings what? Healing. I want my mouth to heal. I've done enough damage. I've heard enough people. I've shot enough people without a pistol, without a rifle. I've wounded too many people. So now in my life, I'm trying to use this voice of mine, this tongue of mine for healing and for apologizing and for repenting. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of what? Both what? Life and death. And I know my husband used to teach in leadership here. He says, when you are a leader, you better be careful. He showed us two buckets. And they both look like water. He said, but when you're a wife, don't grab the wrong bucket because one of them is gasoline. And you douse the wrong situation with gasoline instead of water, you're in for a huge explosion. So be careful. And then Psalms 141.3. See, y'all thought John Maxwell, uh, Zig Ziglar, all these people, you know where they got all that stuff that y'all pay so much money for? From the Bible. And you done paid $1,500 to spend a weekend with them, and I could have told you to go look in Grandma's uh, chest of drawer and get her Bible out. Psalms 141.3 says, Set a guard over your mouth. Lord, Keep watch over the door of my lips. Think before you speak next time. Hmm. I know it feels good sometimes to just 
I mean, just slap them upside the head and say, you make me sick. I can't stand you. Now, I know y'all be cursing. I don't curse. I never find a reason to use profanity. Is one worse than the other, whether you curse or not? You tell me. I think it's all the same. I think it hurts. Both. I, yeah, oh, okay. but just to hear it. Some of you guys have become so, ins, you, you know, what was it, sens desensitized? Profanity is nothing. It's like drinking milk to you. I'm sorry. But I still have virgin ears. I don't have to look at that thing on Facebook and you're going to have to get past the language. No, I don't. Don't show it to me. I don't want to see it. That's me. That's just me. So anyway, set a guard over your mouth uh, and, and don't hurt any more people. So how do you become a good family member there? Uh, 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 not a family member, but yeah, you are going to become a family member, but the disappointments and desires. Resist giving advice or your reaction until you are certain you have fully understood what the person was saying. That sounds like don't cut them off. Hear them out. And, and what, do, what do you guys say? You, you all say now, uh, instead of, you're not listening because you're trying to formulate what you're going to say. So you're not actively listening. This is hard work, guys. It sounds like, oh, we can do this, we can do this, these five points. Mm -mm, try it tomorrow. Another point, give the person your full attention. Turn off the TV or put down whatever you're doing. I like to say it like this. Man, if I could be touched as much as you touched that cell phone. Ooh, if you would just gaze up on me as long as you've been gazing at that screen. Y'all don't think like that? <laughs> I see, I see. How many of y'all think like that? As, a, as You know what I'm saying? I mean, for real, lift those hands again. Let me see. It's the truth. Okay. So these are the affectionate people in the room. I don't Did know. Did you notice they're not all women? <laughs> a lot of men are affectionate. They like to be touched and held. And, and, and also this. That's for February. Children okay, are missing on. lunches because moms are gazing on that screen. Children are missing nurturing because moms are doing stupid stuff like watching TV all day. And not giving them that quality time. Okay. All right. Uh, another point. This does not mean that members are not respectful of one another, but rather that feelings and ideas are respected. Meaning, they're not being disrespectful when they are trying to share their thoughts. Mm -hmm. Don't cut them off. Sit down. Shut up. Get out of here. You know, we didn't know any better back then. Do you know how hard I work for you to live in this house? You got your own bedroom, you got your own food. Shoot, you even driving a car I bought. Yeah. And, 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 and so don't talk to me that way. That's well, so loud. That's why you bought them the house. Yeah. So they would have a safe place mm -hmm. to develop. Parents can hurt <laughs> children too, guys. Don't y'all use this on your parents when just you get because, home, though. Just because you're the mom and the dad don't give you a right to act unhuman towards your children. They are little people too. They have little feelings, and a lot of their complexes and, and things that they would grow up with is probably because something I said stupid when they were younger. Some of us as women right now still don't see ourselves right because of something mother, mama said, a mother said, or a daddy said. There's nothing wrong with my legs. God gave me these legs. 
But they said something that was unkind. Here's another one. This is my last point of this. Strong families manage stress and crises effectively. They are not immune or exempt from difficult days and challenging situations, but they develop strategies so they can pull themselves together through it. Man, this sounds so good to me. I can't imagine what kind of family we would have had had I known this stuff much earlier. That Linnell, you just can't shut down. You just can't walk around this house for almost a month not talking to your husband. That's rubbish. And my grandmother told me a week after we got married, we were going to fly over to Korea to go back and work for the government. And the thing she said, Linnell, you be nice to Martin. I wish I had been there. She told for, me that. For that. Because I would have asked her, Grandma. What do you mean by Grandma, that? What did I just marry? Grandma, wealth. That you had to tell her to be kind to Linnell, me. Linnell, you be nice to Martin. Ooh. I know she did. Why did she do that? Why did she say that to you? Because grandmas are like God. They know. Yeah. Okay. Here's a couple of quotes and then we can get to five. Communication to the family is like <laughs> oxygen is to life. Without it, you're going to die. Communication to the family is like oxygen is to life. Without it, it's going to die. Here's another one. No family can survive without trust, honesty, and forgiveness. Stop hiding inside your family. And when they come out, don't crush them. Wives, when he tell you he needs to talk to you, finally, and a lot of things that he want to tell you is really about you. Sit down with your big girl britches on and just say, trust me this time, Martin. Tell me how you really see me. Tell me how I've affected you. Mm -hmm. Because if I did it, hopefully I can heal it. Okay? Here's one. This is my last point. <laughs> you said with that. a ribbon on top. This is, these, are, these are takeaways. Listen to this one. Okay. Christmas gifts this year. Christmas gifts this year. Save your money. This is what most of us need. Most families need to exchange apologies hmm. and loads of forgiveness. Before you go anywhere to TJ Maxx, to the mall, or to Amazon, think about, would Linnell really like an apology instead of a bracelet? Just see law. Okay. When you're communicating desires and disappointments, please, please just do these simple things. Please. Be clear about what you want. Be clear about what you want. What is your desire in your family? Be clear about it. Yes. And communicate it. Don't make people guess. Guess and read your body language and get mad at them because they don't read it right. It's so immature and disrespectful, oh. so tiring and so exhausting. Immature. 
for you not to know what you want and to not communicate it. Whose responsibility is it? That's yours. You have to know what you want. You've been with me 34 years and you don't know. You can't tell me what you want? So now I'm guessing. I'm too busy to guess. I got too much stuff I'm called to do to guess. Tell me what you want and you desire so I can help. Because you want to help, right? I'm help. Man. Me? I was getting ready to say something. You might think it's cussing, but I am crazy help. For any woman I'm married to, she will never wish for another man if she can just show me what she wants. <laughs> but I get confused, and you can't tell me what you want, and you're mad because you ain't getting something. And I'm like, what is it that you want? You ever seen one of them two-year-old children? That just lay out in the floor, ah, they just flopping around and just kicking, and you're like, if you just tell me what you want, and I don't know what you want, you're going to have to communicate to me in some sort of way. Be, be clear about what you want, and I won't have to guess when you're disappointed. I'll know wow. you're disappointed. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you really desire. So I don't have to be disappointed. I don't have to guess. When you're disappointed, I don't know why you're disappointed because I know what you desire. Mm. That sounds like, mm. sound like a mature person. I climbed up the rough side of the mountain. <laughs> while, I, while you were out there hanging out with your family on the farm, I was fighting demons. I was fighting teachers. I was fighting the police. I was fighting everybody. So when I got married, I just don't have time to be, like, fighting you. Right. It's like, hey, let's build you something. You did not marry me to fight me. Oh, God, who wants to do that? Guys, save yourselves some time. Oh, Stop geez. fighting and start talking. Who wants to do that? Just, just, just Good God smoke Almighty. signal. Mm. Homing pigeon. Hey, write it down. Tell, say, write it. Tell somebody and let them tell you. Mm. Hey, to tell do your what friend, we did. Tell your friend. Get a therapist. Yes. Lord, get please. a counselor. Martin, what she's saying is this. Oh, I didn't know that. That is so comforting to know that's what she's been trying to say to me. Mm -hmm. That's just beautiful to know. Communicate all your needs. Clearly. Please. Quantify your needs. How yeah. often do you need it? Hey, hey, write this down. Do this when you get home. When do you need it? I got Where you, do you need it? I gave it? you homework, right? I gave you homework. Here's some more homework. Uh -oh. When you get home tonight, when you get home tonight, ask the people close to you. Ask them one question. Everybody in the house. Everybody in the house. What can I do for you? Just ask everybody. If you're in the house by yourself... Make yourself a cup of latte, sit down, give yourself a rose, then ask yourself, hey, get a mirror and say, hey, what can I do, what for, can me? I do for you? <laughs> and whatever they tell you you can do for them, now don't get crazy. Buy me a house. No. But, 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 but if it's something that's sensible, yes. do it do for it. them. Do it. Right. Don't take this for granted. You can right. turn your whole family around by just doing some of these simple things. Last the one. Benefits, we got to go. The benefits. Got to go. Oh, my God. Got to go. Last okay. one. Okay. Here's the last question for you. Who is responsible for projecting the family's future? 
who in this house is responsible for projecting the family's future? How does that process work in your family? Who projects it? In other words, Jacob said this to his sons in Genesis 49 and 1. Jacob called his sons and he said, Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. He brought his children into a house. That's in the Bible. That's in the Bible. That's Genesis 49.1. He brought his family in the room and he said, let me tell you what's coming next and how to prepare for it. Then he looked at his son and he said, you can't lead the family. You can't lead the family. Because you're unstable like water. You're unstable like water. You can do this in the family. He had 12 of them. He told them all who they were and he told them what their part was in the family. Somebody's got to sit down and tell everybody. Tell everybody. Got to tell everybody. Son, this is your gift. I've noticed it. I've watched it in you. This is what you're going to do. Joshua, this is your heart. This is your heart. I love you, but Callie's going to be in charge of the trust. You might be the the oldest. You might be the oldest, and you're going to be responsible for leading Callie, leading in her family. But she's going to manage it. Mm -hmm. She's on the will. She's on the trust. She's going to lead the family through our, our businesses our investments. So we're going to prepare you for this, but we're going to prepare her for that. It will be in writing, son. The lawyer, if we die early, the lawyer will come in the room and tell y'all what we said. But now that you're of age, you have to do it. Are y'all listening to me at all? And don't wait until it's too late. No, I'm done with these funerals and people are fussing over the hat grandma left. There is no will. And people are fussing over no this, conversation. This, this stuff. And now people done ransacked the house. They done come in the house and took what they want so that somebody else don't get the mink coat. Or somebody done did it. There's no will. So whatever's in the house goes to probate. And now 35% of it goes to probate lawyers because we won't pull ourselves together. Who can talk to us about what our family's going to be in the future? If you have nothing more than a paper clip, Write a will. Put the paper clip in the will. This here paper clip, I bequeath to. <laughs> and spell their names correctly. Yes, don't put that on me. Don't use their nicknames. Don't put that on me. Invite me up in your family meeting when everybody's mad now and there ain't no will. I'm not a lawyer. I can't fix that for you. And now y'all not talking. Daddy's dead and the boys won't talk. My goodness. Over who going to get the 69 uh, Mustang. Someone has to say, this is what our future looks like. I know you're tired, but I, you're not tired of me. You're tired of your family. Someone, <laughs> someone, you're tired of your family in the place that it's in. Someone needs to sit down in that family and say, yes, I know who you are. Yes. I've sensed your gifts. I know the calling on your life. God's going to bless us in our future. And if I die of COVID or something before my time, this is what it's going to be like in our future. Another thing, when I say about the grandparents, young parents like whoever you are, single moms, take those children and let them sit at the feet of the elders of this family and tell, yeah. let them tell them, this is your cousin, this is your, your brother, da, 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 da. You need to know who's in your clan, who's in your tribe. The cousins don't even know each other. Does your children know that they have a cousin in Alaska? 
Do they know that they have an uncle that hasn't come to family reunion for the last 10 years for whatever the reasons are? Let the children know who they're connected to. This is very important. You might need blood from that, that relative one day that you don't even know that you have. You've been silly cutting yourself off from your extended family. Find a way in maturity to fix it. Fix it. But see the family as a concentric circle. And the circle you're really responsible for is the ones that are under your leadership. Lead them. That's a lot for today, isn't it? Did y'all sound like we were fussing? I hope, I hope we weren't. But time is of the essence. We need to start measuring on the majors and not the minors. These children don't need to go to the zoo and spend eight hours another day. Use that eight hours to do something more constructive, like staying in the house, turning off the television, taking everybody's phones, put them in a bread basket and, and put them outside and look each other in the face. Who knows when it might be the last time? Yeah. And we shouldn't have to use that as a measuring stick, but make the main thing the main thing. What is the most valuable thing in your life? Is it a thing? Or is it a person? And have you told them lately? My mama know I love her. No, she doesn't. You haven't told her in five years. Yes, she knows because I sent her the biggest diamond. I sent her all this stuff. No, she does not. If you would go to her closet, that stuff is in the back of the closet because all she wanted this Christmas is to see you sitting at the dining table eating her cornbread and all of these things that she used to make for you that you would enjoy. She wants your time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is, this is how we'll end. I got a one-minute clip I want you to watch. And for anyone, I apologize right up front for anyone who thinks it may be too graphic for their children. So I'll tell you what it is. It's from a scene from a movie uh, uh, called Gladiator. 2000, the year 2000 it was made. Russell Crowe was the actor. It's the last scene. No, not the last scene. It's the scene he becomes, he says a few words. He says, we can survive anything if we stick together. Okay. If we stick together, we can survive anything. And there's a certain point on the, on the, on the clip, you're going to see the words together, together. The actual word he used was diamond. Diamond, diamond, which meant pull everybody in the family, pull your shields together because there's coming an opportunity for us to overturn what the enemy's been doing. So when he says diamond, diamond, they put their shields together on the ground mm. and build a ramp. And one tire of, the, one tire of that, uh, that, 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 war, uh, that warrior's, uh, what do you call that thing? They're going to see Chariot. it. Chariot. I'm just explaining it. You were talking. And then it... And then, and then when they diamond, diamond together, together, it overturns the enemy. And this is what I'm saying to you. Whatever's been happening in your family's life, there's a time right now for you to overturn it all. But you can't do this by yourself. It has to be everybody working, working together. together. 
Knowing your strengths. As a family. Y'all okay watching this? And then we'll dismiss you. We'll let you go. But we always want to leave these Sundays ministering to families that want to come together. If your family's here today and you're saying, pray for us, we just want to come together. We want to find a way back to one another. We will have people come up and they will pray for you. You ready? So it's going to be on both screens. Let's watch it. Anyone here been in the army? Yes. I serve with you. I've been devoted. You can help me. Whatever comes out of these gates, we've got a better chance of survival if we work together. Do you understand? If we stay together, we survive. these gates, no matter what our family is facing, what season we're in, as long as we stay together, yeah. hold together, we can come through it. So what I want to do is I want to dismiss you. These, when we teach together, it can take us some time to work through it. Thank you for your patience. Uh, we're going to dismiss you, but if you would like prayer. If you would like someone to stand with you just to help you pray through bringing your family together as one, uh, then you stay where you are. Or at the same time, while people are being dismissed, let's just do this. If you would like to have prayer for your family to come together, would you stand, please? Would you stand? You'd like to have, you'd like to have people pray for you, for you and your family. And even if you have someone serving in children's church or someplace else and they're not here, and you want to go get them, we will wait right here to pray with you and your family. It's that important. So now, now that we know that those of you who want prayer, we'll just ask you, you can start coming this way as I dismiss everyone else. If you like prayer, you can come. The ushers will help you get into your place if you like prayer. If you'd like for someone to stand with you in prayer, you can move forward. Never, the rest of you stand on your feet, please. Never underestimate the power of prayer and the power of agreement during that prayer. Yeah. We'd be glad to pray for anyone, no matter what situation that you're in. Hallelujah. So Father, I release those who uh, have come to hear the word today. Hallelujah. And we've given them homework. We pray that they'll do their homework tonight. Yes. They'll, they'll actually figure out how is this family governed? How is this family governed? And number two, they will ask everybody in the household, what can I do for you? Is there any way I can bless you? We're going to bless one another in our houses. So may the Lord bless you Hallelujah. and keep you. May the Lord's face smile upon you. 
May the Lord give you peace, and may he bless you in everything from generation to generation. Amen. Amen.